Yo, 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 what is going on, you guys? This is your host, Brandon. And this is Blake. And we are back for New Year, New Games 2023. How are you feeling, Blake? Dude, I'm feeling great, man. The Sticky Buttons podcast in a new year. I couldn't be more excited. I think we've got a great episode for you today. And dude, it's been a minute since we hopped on the mic. So I'm really just excited to see what you've been playing on the break. I'm excited to see what you're excited about for 2023. And yeah, dude, I'm just excited. I'm just happy to be here. <laughs> Me too, man. Another year. New year, new games. New year, new games. <laughs> So do you just want to kick it right off, man? What are you excited about in the new year? So definitely excited to play a lot of titles. There's a lot of big titles coming out in the new year. But I think I'll preface it with a service that I'm looking forward to getting that's going to help me play a lot of games. And that's going to be the PlayStation Plus subscription. I think I'm going to enroll in that PlayStation Plus subscription that allows me to stream games. I think that's going to help okay. me kind of just experience, dip and dabble a lot more this year. Do You'll you see some of the titles that I'm looking forward to dip and dabble in. Okay. Before you get into that, is there like one or two titles in particular that you're like, oh, they added these to PlayStation Plus? Or what is making you feel like PlayStation Plus is where it's at? Just the ability to access the PlayStation 4 titles. You can stream any okay. PS4 title as well as any PS5 title. That, I think that seamlessness is really where it's at for me. So I'm trying to I'm trying to play some of the Bioshock titles, I'm trying to get okay. back into that, stream some of those. Okay. I definitely want to stream the new Batman game. Okay. I'm looking forward to streaming that right. one. And I'm going to save Wait, some more Do you know when titles. that one comes out? I believe Arkham Knights is already, okay. is already out, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, okay, okay. But it's a, oh, and that's on that's on PlayStation Plus right now, then. Yes, should. Okay. Do you know when you're gonna enroll? Is there like a deal going on? Not at the moment, but that's a good point. I should probably be on the lookout for a deal, right? That's gonna. Yeah, I mean, it's the beginning of the year. Money. They might have some. Yeah, I'll see if I can read maybe any of the like PlayStation newsletters or any of the news. See if I can find anything. Have they ever done that in the past? Do you know? Um, I know that when they first rolled out the service, I got a deal to try. It was like, I had like three months left on my PlayStation, like just the base PlayStation subscription. And they gave me like a deal to upgrade for three months before I like renewed. So maybe go to like, I think that was either on the app or on the PlayStation page or like on the PlayStation store on the console. So maybe check that out. Because I know that like Game Pass, they always have a deal for their Game Pass games. Right. And it's like your first month is always going to be $1.99. And then it goes to like $10 a month. Interesting. So, so yeah, maybe that's something to check out. But if you do get PlayStation Plus, you got to play Stray, man. And I just want to shout out our Game of the Year episode. Dude, Stray, I was thinking about it today on the train, man. I think it was like number four or five for me in our games of the year episode, but dude, that game just, I think that game resonated with me most in this past year. And that's something that I didn't buy. I played it on the subscription when I had it for a limited time. So you can definitely get some great games on it. That's really interesting that you say that game really resonated 
so much that you were thinking about it today. It's fascinating. Hey, man, I don't know what it is. It's something about, you know, that world and, you know, the people in it and just like, I don't know, just like seeing just the reflections of us in the game. It just, I don't know, it just really resonated with me. So I'm hoping that I can get an experience like that in 2023, but I guess you never know, man. I guess break down some of the titles for me that you're excited about for 2023. Man, a title I'm really looking forward to is the new Final Fantasy. The next iteration of the series is releasing around the time that I'm looking to graduate in June. Okay. So I'm excited to, you know, buy that as a small graduation present for myself. Hell yeah, man. Have you played a lot of Final Fantasy games? I tried the last one and I played Final Fantasy VII on the PSP. Okay. Or rather the PS Go. Did you ever play on that console? I mean, I have a PSP, but I never really got too much. There's like a flip version of the PSP, or like the oh it's yeah, it's like a smaller. I played it on that the Final Fantasy VII on that, and that's kind of where sick. I fell in love with the franchise. It's gonna be really fun. It's gonna be running on a real engine four, which you know we did talk a little bit about last year. And I mean, the, the, is it Unreal Engine five? No, it's four actually. Okay. Well, I'm going to be talking a little bit about Unreal Engine 5 later in this episode, so <laughs> I guess foreshadowing for that. It's crazy this new game that's coming out is still running on an old engine. And it's well, going to be you know, a- I mean, I guess it's been in development for, you know, a long time. You know, games take a while to make, so that makes sense that's true. that it's in Unreal Engine 4. It's going to be a console exclusive, too, which is something I wanted to ask you about. What are your thoughts on developers doing that, you know, making games playstation 5 exclusives to kind of put pressure to move on yeah it's interesting man that's an interesting question and i was reading up about this a couple days ago actually and i think that they announced it was an exclusive but then a couple maybe like a couple hours later they announced that it's a timed exclusive so it's only going to be exclusive for a couple months And then it becomes, you know, available on other platforms. And I think that's really interesting. Like PlayStation, for example, you know, they really try and get these timed exclusives, you know, day one and God of War, like God of War was a, or the 2018 God of War game, you know, that was an exclusive on PlayStation for a long time. And then this past year, or maybe it was in 2021, they released it on Steam and the PC. They released it on PC, which means that they've had it on Steam You can get it on the Epic Games Store. So there's like other stores that you can purchase that game on that are not just the PlayStation Store, which I think is interesting, you know, and I guess Death Stranding is another example. You know, Death Stranding, that was a console exclusive, you know, for the PlayStation for over a year and now it's on Game Pass. I think that it really does matter. I really do think that, you know, people play games when they first come out, people you know, love being in the zeitgeist. And, you know, we talk about new games here on the podcast, but, you know, I think that one of the reasons that we wanted to start this podcast and is because, you know, you cannot just play games that came out at the time that you exist in. Like, I just played a Game Boy Color game a little bit ago. And, you know, the games on our list from this past year and our game of the year, like, they were all over the place. Like, I'm sure there was a, like a yeah. 2018 game you know, and then like a 2020 game, 2022 game, you know, it's all over the place. And yeah, actually I had a DS game on my list. So that, I think that was like 2014 that that one came out. 
So, you know, people <laughs> play games and they find them at different times, but just true. because of the, I guess like the culture of gaming, you know, there's all these, you know, like sites like Kotaku and IGN and like Gamescom, there's like all these websites that have, you know, gaming news and they talk about games as they come out. And it's a way, you know, to drive clicks, which, you know, drives revenue, which is how they're paid, which is how they're able to write about video games. And, you know, that's how video game journalists exist. But man, I just feel like I wish we could get away from that. I kind of hate that in a way because like games, you know, we love games as an art form here, you know, and just experiencing them when you come to them is really fun. You don't have to like you do not have to play it on release date to get the same experience for a lot of or the majority of games so i think that that's you know kind of why we're here doing this podcast is because you know we play games all the time and we want to champion games that you know maybe got lost in the shuffle or maybe people aren't talking about anymore so i guess that's kind of my take on it and i do really think it makes a difference you know because people love to play games when they come out i mean i'm a sucker for it you know i mean i loved playing elden ring you know, the day it came out, like, you know, it was just so fun. Like me and you, like we were texting, like, oh, like I just got my copy or like, oh, you know, I'm, I'm going to do the digital download. I got to delete three games to make the space for it. And it's like, oh my gosh, we're starting at the same time. Like what level are you? You know, I mean, that's, that's a fun part of gaming, but you know, you can still come to games whenever. So thank you. Thank you for that. Speaking of Elden Ring. <laughs> I believe that was a monologue. <laughs> speaking of Elden Ring. The Coliseum. I'm looking forward to seeing you there, Blake. <laughs> we gotta we gotta see each other in the Coliseum. Well, I was playing a little bit today. I'm just as frustrated as ever, man. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll be there, but I may not have a good time. <laughs> <laughs> but what about you, man? What do you think about the exclusives? And you know, do you I mean we both bought a PS5 pretty early on. Do you think it's been justified? Like, has there really been a PS5 title that you've been like, oh, damn, this was worth the price tag? I don't think I ever feel like, just to preface this answer, I don't think I ever feel like any PS5 title is worth the price tag. If I'm being very honest, I yeah. they're like $70 now. And yeah. it's like, I understand that there's a, it's a lot, it's a huge process and you know, people need their money. But I don't know, there's something about like $70 that feels like, inherently wrong i feel like this just ties back to this conversation that we have about this hobby in general being you know a privilege and uh not being accessible to everyone Mm -hmm. absolutely and uh yeah you know that definitely brings us back to that conversation so i i think it's you know it's inherently messed up and it ties back to you know what we subscribe to right yeah, definitely. And you know, another thing that that's worth noting, you know, on this is if you're patient and you wait a little bit for the games after the games come out, like you can generally find them on sale, you know, three to six months after release. And I think when I first got my PlayStation 5, I was really excited to play Horizon Zero Dawn. Mm-hmm. And I got that title for less than $10. And the same was true for God of War. They were both they were both on sale when I got them. I still remember when you got Horizon Zero Dawn. You were you were really excited about it. Yeah, I actually I I want to get back to that one. I never 
I really, when I got my PlayStation 5, I was just so excited because I didn't have a PlayStation console the generation before. I just right. dipped my toe into like all the games that I could, and I didn't really stick it out with any of them, or very few, so... I'm excited to do that, but yeah, I mean, it's an expensive hobby, and that's one of the ways that you can save money is, you know, picking up games on sale. And they have, a, like, a feature on all the storefronts. It's called the wish list. So, if, you know, people that you follow in the games or, or games media, if you want to call it that, or people that talk about games, if you hear a game that you like, add it to your wish list, wait for it to be on sale, and I think that's the best way to pick up a new game. I mean, that's what I do personally. I don't know about you. I typically try to see if the game's going to be going on sale at all, if I can get any discounts in the shop. And that's why I've been thinking a lot about the PlayStation Plus subscription as well, because when I think about how much use I'm getting out of this $70 title, while it is you know, convenient to store the physical copy of a title, or even have the digital download, I don't think it's mm-hmm. necessarily worth that price tag for me personally. Yeah, absolutely. I'm kind of in the same boat. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I'm in the same boat. I feel a lot better about playing the games that I play when I pick them up on sale for under 20 And, I mean, that's generally my benchmark. If I can get it for half off, that's when, I'm, that's when I think about getting it. And, you know, it's funny because we're almost, <laughs> we're coming up on two years of having this I guess, quote unquote, this new generation. And it just doesn't feel like to me all that much like we've gotten to the next generation or that we've progressed further. I am going to talk a little bit about that a little bit later and some of the games we've been playing. And I'm starting to see a little bit of that. But I definitely agree. I think yeah. and I hate to cut you off, but I, no, really, go for I, it. I really have a point I want to get across. It. Like, you know, to us, I feel like we have this perspective that there's not much of a change, but I feel like we also, you know, to preface this, we have a biased perspective because we are in the industry, right? Like mm-hmm. we're actively, you know, we understand the hardware, we understand the software and the, the consumer, the average, you know, the layperson is not going to, they're going to be like, wow, it's P5, like 1080p graphics. That's amazing. You know, it actually on the box, it says 8K. <laughs> You know, and there's no (laughs) like, what does that even mean? Exactly. But also it's like, that's good engineering, right? Like you tweak a couple little things and you make it seem like you did a whole lot. Right. So. Yeah. I actually, you know, you are right on that. I guess not to cut you off, but my girlfriend's father was talking to me about, you know, he's like, he saw some of these racing Sims that people have online, like people that have like thousand dollar setups and he's like oh man i bet i could you know for like how much would it really cost to get something like that and me just kind of like talking him through like oh well you know you could get like an xbox series s for like three hundred dollars and then you know get game pass for ten dollars a month and then that you could play horizon or is that what it is What's their drive? Forza? Forza. Oh my God. Forza. Forza is a really good one because it has, like, you can, like, combine it with. I see what you're saying. Yeah, but I guess he was. I think he had seen some. Hey, man, I don't know what happens when you're you're an old person and you have, like, social media, but I guess, like, whatever his timeline looks like, I guess there are some, like, Gran Turismo <laughs> videos or something on it. And I think that he was, like, seeing that and was like, holy shit, like, this is crazy. Awesome. This is That's the really next generation. 
I think he's thinking about maybe getting something, so I don't know. So yeah, I, th- I guess you are right in a way that you know we are progressing, but I guess because we play so many, it's hard to see those big jumps. Because we're there for the incremental changes. Dude, we got to tap him in with my friend Derek. I went to high school with this friend. Really, really interesting guy that builds racing just like that, like racing sims. But he uses a PC, and uh, he might be able to like give him all the details on like a good PC setup that's also really, really like affordable. I could even ask him and just like give it to you. So you yeah, dude. It really hey, man, let's get him on. That would be an awesome thing to talk about. I'd love to pick his brain because I guess – have we ever talked about racing games on this? I mean, we've certainly talked. We about haven't really before. talked about like simulation experiences. I feel like that's a part of gaming that like we haven't really like touched upon too much, right? Like, yeah, we don't necessarily. Pl- I mean, I'm not necessarily as drawn to those. Me either. I prefer. I guess 2K. Yeah, 2K, 2K is a simulate. Like, you know, I take that back because you know Tony Hawk's kind of a simulator as well, and I really that game really resonated with me. So yes, that definitely is a simulator. It's a really good one. So, yeah, maybe we should try and do something like an episode on that in 2023. New year, new possibilities, new games, folks. New year, (laughs) new games. (laughs) All right, man. Well, what other titles are you excited about besides the Final Fantasy? I am really, really excited for... Let me just close off the PlayStation 5 ones. NBA 2K24. (laughs) Hell yeah, man. I mean, I, we knew you were going to pick it up. <laughs> looking, I'm looking forward to the next iteration, man, because I've just really taken a deep dive into the 2K community this past year, and I fell in love with it, man. It's really welcoming. It's huge. So many people, the 2K community, and it's really, really fun and rewarding once you've, like, get past that initial learning curve of just really, really sucking at the game. (laughs) Hey man, you got to suck for a while and then, you know, Hey, you're in, you're in the club. (laughs) (laughs) That sounds terrible. Uh, You ever heard of Elden Ring? Dude, try getting dunked on. Let me tell you. (laughs) Oh man. (laughs) Let me tell you, man. It's demoralizing, especially when you're in game chat and someone just like dunked on you and they're just like, yeah, that just happened. (laughs) <laughs> it's it's rough, um, but it's encouraging too. It makes you go harder. At least for me, I'm very competitive by nature. Maybe a little too competitive. So I need to work on. But it, I've been having a really good time. Looking forward to the next 2K. Just want to go harder at it. Next time, strategize a little better. Use my time a little more efficiently. And yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited to go harder and maybe even develop like a, a serious pro-am team. Uh, like a pro-am team maybe even play okay play competitively because if i'm spending this many hours on it i might as well play competitively yeah you might as well try and compete man that'd be really cool maybe you could make like a youtube video about it you starting your journey as a my competitive, competitive journey. 2K hey, journey that's actually a actually that would concept. be pretty cool i would watch that you can see me from like casual all the way to pro actually that would be a cool that would be something cool if you want to do that. Maybe we could work on that. That sounds like a nice the new year. It's full of possibilities. New year, new possibilities, <laughs> new games. New year, new games. Let's hear some of your games, man. I feel like I've just been going off about my games. I only have one more <laughs> title that I'm like really, really anticipated for to talk about. Yeah, spit it out, man. You want to hear it, or you want to get some? Yeah, news? dude. Let's let's get it. 
All right, that's going to be The Legend of Zelda, Tears of the Kingdom. Hell yeah, dude. Have you seen the cover art for that title? I have, and it looks pretty sick. I'm not going to lie to you, man. That's, I'm, I'm going to say this. I'm not anticipated this at all, or not really highly anticipating this game, just because I don't want to be hurt, Brandon. Oh, man. <laughs> Has Nintendo been letting you down? recently no they have yes i feel like they haven't <laughs> been letting me down he I feel said like no they have yes just, yeah they, yeah yeah they um me and nintendo are not on good terms right now i'll say that much so i absolutely loved breath of the wild in fact i'm trying to finish up the dlc right now i did complete the game my save files over a hundred hours wow so shout out to blake i which i just cannot believe nintendo has just not done it for me recently everything that they've done has kind of you know just not been up to par so although i'm extremely excited about this my thought is whatever it is i'm not going to get excited about it and then whatever it is i'm going to meet it there because i definitely i got excited with a certain game that may rhyme with rokimon and it just didn't didn't live up for me so i'm excited for it but i'm also very trepidatious and just kind of like I don't know. I'm putting the brakes on my hype, Keeping you know. Your expectations low. Yeah, expectations low. Yeah. If they don't do it again, they don't do it again. Oh, you know? man. You know, I think it seems to be the dilemma of just large corporations that make games. They tend to, like, I want to say jaded. Is that the right word? They get jaded or they get... Or maybe it's the engineering thing that we were just talking about. Yeah. They just keep trying it until they just, like, so the consumers just can't take it anymore. So here's what I'm going to say about this. I think that with Breath of the Wild, nobody knew what it was going to be. It was developed, you know, I guess let's say in a cave. Like nobody knew about it. Exactly. And then it came out and it did all of these really innovative things. And in, in all honesty, I feel like it did push the open world genre. I feel like it pushed it forward. That's not a hot take. A lot of people think that. On top of that, it was just an incredible game that you can engage with in so many different ways. Like we talk about the tools of the open world a lot. And in Breath of the Wild, there's just so many tools that you can use to interact with the world. And in, I mean, it's just such a peaceful, zen, but also incredibly hard and challenging game. I mean, it really ticks almost all the boxes that you would want it to tick for any kind of fantasy game that you know and trying to do that again i don't know if anybody could be up to that task yeah let alone you know there's expectations and and all that so although you know i hope they do it you know fingers crossed it also like that game came out in 2000 and actually 18? that game came out in 2017 I yeah, think. yeah let, let me check 17 18 around that area around that time period which was that was right around the corner but I see what you're saying. This came out March 3rd of 2017. And if you look at where we were in 20s here, let's see what other AAA titles came out in 2017. Red Dead Redemption 2. That was one that came out. That was a fun one. That was a title that I was really anticipating. Prey, Horizon Zero Dawn. Those also came out. So I guess, you know, I mean... Those are, I mean, Horizon Zero Dawn is, is, I've recently played it. It has got, like, if you're just talking about, like, visually, like, 
visual immersion. It's above Breath of the Wild. And that was on a PS4, you know, that was a PlayStation 4 game. You know, we're on PlayStation 5 and the Switch is the same. I mean, the Switch is a tablet. I just don't... I mean, games have come a long way. I just don't know if it can run it. And I think that's going to be a big challenge. I mean, I know they did it once in 2017. So maybe they can optimize the game and make it run. But who knows, man? (laughs) I'll keep my fingers crossed. I'll keep my fingers crossed for it. But I am excited for that one, too. Do you have anything else you want to say on that one? (laughs) I don't want to be a bummer, man. (laughs) I feel like I was like, oh, it might be good, but it also might suck. (laughs) I mean, it's fair. Your sentiment is definitely fair. It comes from a rational place. But I'm going to stay optimistic about this one, Malik. I think. All right, dude. I'll follow that. I'm going to follow your lead. I'll look into the future of 2023. And try, just try and be positive, you know? I think that the Zelda franchise just gets so much love and attention that they just would not fumble. They wouldn't fumble the bag on this one. You know what I'm going to do, Brandon? I'm going to knock on some wood there. <laughs> You're so skeptical. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, I mean, I hope so. I mean, it's one of the oldest, most respected gaming franchises so and i see so many like i feel like it's just it has such a wide breadth of people that interact with it as far as like nintendo titles demographically wise but that's Mm -hmm. that's it from my experience in new york city yeah yeah absolutely i mean everybody loves zelda you know it's in such a fun franchise and they just have so many different games so i hope it's good Lock on bamboo because I have a bamboo dress. (laughs) Well, okay, let's. I guess I can move on to my most anticipated games. I think there's a list of upcoming game releases, maybe from. Here, let's see. I think, yeah, Game Informer has a 2023 video game release schedule. They have a new Dragon Ball Z game coming out. What is it called? It's called Dragon Ball Z Kakarot. Did you know that all the Dragon Ball Z characters are named after vegetables? What? Did you know that? No, dragon- no, I didn't. So Kakarot, the, the character you just mentioned, is the protagonist, Goku, uh-huh. who uh, Kakarot stands for carrot. And uh, his rival, Vegeta, he's the prince Saiyan. Like he's in their race. They come from a planet uh-huh. of say of like a, a warrior race. Uh-huh. And he's the prince of this warrior race, and so his name is Vegeta because he's just like the ve- he's just like a vegetable. <laughs> he's like the prince, right? So he kind of is just like the umbrella term for all the other like. It's really it's interesting. It's actually kind of cool. It, like, it is kind of cool because it's just like I don't know. There's layers like that, but let me think of some like other a cabbage. Like Bardock. There's Raditz. There's literally Raditz. There's uh who else? There's some of the Saiyan warrior. It's interesting. They're all just. You gotta Google this for you. Okay. That's really cool. I didn't know that. Also, there's a Dead Space remake that's coming out this year. Are you excited for that one? A Dead Space? Yeah, it's a Dead Space. Dead, the Dead Space remake. Honestly, I'm not remembering Dead Space right now. Okay. I never played it, but I heard about it. It's supposed to be like a survival horror game. Like, 
like you're alone on a spaceship and you've got a gun and there's like monsters, I guess, and you got to survive. So, yeah, I think the genre is action survival horror. So, there's a new Street Fighter coming out, Street Fighter 6. Street Fighter 6 is going to be exciting. That might be a good title to just have just to like, you know, play like 2v2, have like a good combat game to rely on. Probably get some multiplayer. Okay, so I'll talk about myself now, I guess. <laughs> so, there's one game in... Wait. What? My no, you're good, dude. Saiyans are all named after vegetables, so... <laughs> Vegeta, both the prince, his father, and the Saiyan home planet, originally named Planet Plant, is the first half of vegetable. Raditz is radish, and his brother Kakarot is carrot. And the villain Frieza comes obvious as well as his brother, Cooler, and their father, King Colt. That's really interesting. <laughs> I like that, man. That's cool. That makes that, I don't know, for whatever reason, that makes me appreciate Dragon Ball just a little bit more. People also ask why, and it says that the writer likes to group his names into pun groups. Mm. He can add that the syllables that make up Seiya, when reversed, make Yasai, which is the Japanese word for vegetable. Hence why all Saiyans are grouped into vegetable puns. Huh. He's a really creative guy. Shout out to Toriyama. That's pretty cool. You know, hey, I mean, we talk about it all the time, like designing with constraints, you know. If, I mean, those are some cool ass names. I mean, he may never have come to those if he wasn't like, if they weren't based on something that there was already. Yeah. The intricacy of it is like simple, but complex. And it's like, yeah. you can appreciate it. That's pretty cool. Toriyama. All right. Well, for 2023, I've got three games on my list that I'm excited about. There's one that I'm really excited about, Jedi Survivor, which is the sequel to Jedi Fallen Order. That's my favorite game of all time. If you want to check out our YouTube or my Twitch, I've got pretty much the whole game on, or I'm streaming throughout the entire game. So if you want to see that and see why I think that game is special, we've never really talked about it too much on the pod. So maybe... We could talk about that before the sequel comes out, but just very excited for that. You know, love Cal Kestis and that cast of characters, but also just like running around with the lightsaber. It's just fun as hell. So that character seems very familiar. The main protagonist in Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. He seems like an actor I've seen in, uh, I think the show, is it Batman or I know Penguin? Yeah, he was Gotham. a TV actor. He was in Gotham, wasn't he? I'm not sure what he he was in. Here, let's see. Looks like he's an actor in Gotham. Yeah, I mean, I know that he was a TV actor, and then he got cast as the actor, or the main protagonist for this. But they do a lot of like facial capture and mocap, so it's pretty cool to see that in a Star Wars game. And it's by Respawn, which we love Respawn, so I'm very excited for that. Also, there's a, a Game Boy game that I'm really excited about that's coming out this year. It's called The Mayor of Sanctuary. And it's being created by this guy, Anthony Wallace. And his studio, I guess, is Nara Makes Games. So they're all over the internet. Check out his his Instagram is actually super cool. I hate Instagram, but I'm on Instagram literally to follow his account because I think it's so cool. He's like a digital nomad and he travels the world and he's creating this Game Boy game. So... Really excited about that one. That's supposed to come out in 2023. Dude, that's so fascinating. I'm looking at the cover art right now. Yeah, it's really cool. Seriously, look this guy up. His name is Anthony Wallace, and it's Nara Makes Games. 
and it was inspired by Nara Japan and a trip that he took there at the beginning of the pandemic. So yeah, check out Nara Japan. Nara makes games, the mayor of Sanctuary. I don't know. I'm super excited for that one. I'm just excited. I just think it's so cool to have like new Game Boy games. So I just get, I don't know, I just geek out about that. So I'm <laughs> super pumped for that one. And then there's Starfield, which is, I think it's the new Bethesda game, you know, supposed to be the Skyrim of space. So I'm really excited for that. That's Starfield. And I'm really excited for the Harry Potter game, but I've kind of decided that, so guys, so I'm not going to get it when it comes out. I mean, I don't want to pay $70 for it, so I'm going to try and get it on a sale. But I also, I really like the world of Harry Potter, you know, in the winter time, like around Christmas time is really when I kind of feel that, the draw to that fantasy world. So I think that's what I'm going to like, check that out. And also, you know, J.K. Rowling's a, a shitbag, so... I got to reckon Why with do you that. Say that. Oh, she's just said some terrible things, man. So it's, there's a lot of people that, you know, have kind of like, Hey, like you should boycott this game. But I mean, there's so many like people that have worked on it. And for me personally, I can take, you know, my enjoyment out of a franchise away from its creator. And, you know, I think that I've had some time to like resonate with it, but, and just kind of think about how I feel. But me personally, as in me, Blake, I think that I'm going to be able to enjoy this game you know, aside from the creator. And I, I guess I encourage you to, you know, do some research and hear some other opinions on that if it matters to you. But yeah, so I'm going to pick up the Harry Potter game. I'm going to try to get it on sale and I'm going to try to play it around Christmas time. So I think it comes out in the spring, but I'm not interested in playing it then. You know, I might pick it up in the fall because it's like, like you're at school, you know, like, I don't know, for whatever reason, the timing of it, I think is going to resonate with me more. You know, because like you start school in the fall. I don't know. I just feel like I got to like have that real life aspect to the role playing of it. But that's about it. Yeah, so I guess Jedi Survivor, Mayor of Sanctuary, Starfield, and the Harry Potter title. I think we're both excited for The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. Brandon is excited for 2K, Final Fantasy, and maybe getting some new games on PlayStation Plus. So, hey, maybe there's, I'm sure there's going to be an announced title that is going to come out that we're both going to play that, has, that we don't even know about yet. And I'm sure that there is going to be some game that we find that we love that came out who knows when. So, that's 2023. Very excited for that. New year and new games. <laughs> new year, new games, man. Also, I heard a little bit of an echo there. <laughs> Let me try again. New year, new game. <laughs> Honestly, I kind of like the echo. <laughs> that was cool. I know the echo was epic. That was kind of cool. I hope I hope that the recording caught that. We'll try and. <laughs> but do you want to talk about any like any other games that you've been playing? I've got a couple that I could talk about that I've been playing, and there's at least one game that I want to bring up about the future of games. Do you have anything, or would you like me to kick it off? Have you been playing anything been, over this break? Yeah, I mean, I've been playing a lot of 2K, a lot of NBA 2K. Whenever I got the chance, I've been playing God of War, God of War Ragnarok. Okay. Which has been really, really fun and rewarding. That's awesome. So you're having a good time with that experience? With Ragnarok, yes. Very, very fun. Okay. I'm getting to play with Atreus. 
as Atreus. And uh, in the first iteration, you don't really get to do that. I should have said spoiler alert. I'm sorry. That's, uh, but, that's uh, okay. <laughs> it's really fun. Okay. Yeah, that's awesome. I'd love to pick your brain about it more, but I'm still working my way through the 2018 version. So I don't, I guess I don't even know what I want to say or what I want to ask you. So someday in the future, we'll talk more about God of War. Yeah, I'm excited to talk more about God of War. I feel like once you get to the more challenging aspects of it, you might want to pick my brain some more. (laughs) Hey, new year, new possibilities, man. (laughs) New year, new games. I would love to see Blake tackle God of War because he's going to get really into those Valkyries. Okay. All right. <laughs> I don't know if that's a joke. I mean, I kind of know what Valkyries are, so I I'll, I guess I'll just I'll keep my mouth shut for the moment. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and everything's going well for you in 2K. You're not you spending those microtransactions over there? I'm not buying any VC, Blake. I'm making a lot of VC by getting wins, though. Right. Here we go. I mean, most of my players are all maxed out. I mostly play now just to get wins. So I keep, like, I do some serious accounting as far as my wins and my losses. And, you know, I actually, like, reflect on what I could do better. And I've been getting a lot better. You know, my teammate grade has been improving. I've been making more threes. Nice. Making my overall basketball IQ, the decisions I'm making on the court are getting better and better. So That's awesome. That's good to hear, man. I'm feeling good, man. That's why I'm excited to, you know, just start with a fresh slate because I feel like this year I definitely, you know, took that learning curve, but it is what it is. Yeah. Yeah, dude. And hey, man, if you want to you wanna go to a basketball game, just let me know because I'm, I mean... For Christmas, my girlfriend's family, they got me a, a new basketball, so I'm excited to... I mean, I've been playing with it a little bit, so if you want to go to a basketball game this year, just let me know, man. New year, new possibilities, dude. We'll even make a, we can even make a podcast about it. That's awesome. We should... We can make a video about it. That'd be fun. We should, get it. We should go to a Nets game. <laughs> hey, new year, dude. New year, new possibilities. Yeah, go to a Nets game. We can like, promote uh, the podcast somehow. Yay, we could do it, man. Maybe we'll get on the jumbo cam somehow. Just have like a poster. Sticky Buttons podcast. We'd have like a poster in the crowd, like a huge poster, just like Sticky Buttons podcast go to. And <laughs> <laughs> has like the Spotify and Apple Music. Yeah, hey, I think you can, or this is what we do. We'll get those stickers, we'll put the QR code yeah. and have like the logo. We'll slap them all over the stadium, get kicked out, but the stickers will be there, man. Be worth it. The stickers would take forever, they would take an eternity to get up. So, hey, new year, new possibilities, new crimes, Genius. new ideas. <laughs> new ideas. It's actually a great idea, though, sticker idea. We should mass create Sticky Buttons podcast stickers this year. Hey, new year, I guess new we could, man. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? On that note, man, I'm going to talk about a new game. <laughs> it's not new, but something new happened. So there's this game that you've probably heard of. Uh, it's a leviathan of a game. It's called Fortnite. You've probably heard of it. They did something a little bit ago at the end of the... Actually, I think it was it was right at the end of December. They released a new update. And what's really cool about this update, Brandon, they didn't tell anybody. They didn't announce it. Just boom. Like, at the end of the season, new season, Fortnite is now an Unreal 5 game. So now Fortnite is the first game that is in Unreal Engine 5. And 
it's really cool. It's really interesting just to go in and check it out from that lens that this is the new engine that games are being developed in. And there's been a whole slew of AAA games that have announced that they're going to be, that they committed to Unreal Engine 5 a couple months ago, you know, in the past six months, more and more games have confirmed that they're going to be using Unreal Engine 5. And then Fortnite, you know, is a free-to-play game that, you know, is now in Unreal Engine 5. So it's really cool just because it's, I mean, it's cool because it's cool to see different art styles in it. You know, like there's different art styles of character skins. And like there's some that are shell-shaded, some that are, you know, based on Spider-Man. And it's really cool to just kind of see that mesh up in engine and in a video game and just to see how it works. And I, I hate to say it, man, because it's Fortnite, but dude, it is so pretty. Like, honest to God, man, like, it's one of the most pretty video game experiences I've had in a long time. And they've got a lot of different biomes. Like, they've got an ice world, or an ice biome. They've got, like, fields and farmland as a one biome. They've got forests, like a fantasy forest. And they've got caverns. And it's really interesting because it kind of seems to me, at least for me, for me, Blake and Blake's brain, it kind of seems like it's like a demo for what Unreal Engine 5 can be. And they've added some really cool like movement mechanics. Like there's this hammer that you can pick up. It's like a gravity hammer, but you can swing it and it like swings you and you get launched. So basically you like use this gravity hammer, you do like a swinging animation and your character hits the ground and then gets launched like the equivalent of 20, 30 feet in the air, you know, in relativity to like your character size. And it's really interesting to see that these like crazy fast movements can happen, you know, and it doesn't really affect the world. And it's cool to see how it affects the world. And it doesn't like affect the performance of the world is what I'm trying to say. And they've got like new physics in it. Like if you light a building on fire, like that's something you can do now in Fortnite. You can throw, I mean, you could do it before this update, but it's cool to see now you can throw this. It's basically like a Molotov cocktail, but it's like, it's Fortnite. So it's like lightning bugs in a jar and you throw that at a building and it catches on fire. And like the fire physics are just incredible. And you can like jump on a dirt bike, Brandon. And the dirt bike just feels so fun, dude. Like I honestly, like I jumped in matches when it first came out and I just drove around on this dirt bike. And you can do jumps on the dirt bike and then you hold circle and you're doing like a Tony Hawk style trick. Like it's like they literally put like a Tony Hawk like dirt bike trick sim inside Fortnite. And I just was really impressed and blown away by that and the capabilities of this engine. And what's really cool is in, I mean, Fortnite's not super realistic, but it has like an art style. And when you're on the dirt bike, you know, it feels realistic for the art style when you do these tricks, you know, like there's dirt spinning out from under your tires, like there's exhaust coming from the exhaust. But then when you do the trick, there's like this really like cartoony-esque like score sign where it's like, oh, like your trick is like 10,000. And then if you do like a combo, it's like times two. And it just like is really like comic booky and shell shaded like inside the game and it, it really kind of just adds to it and it, it's really fun and it's it's interesting. So if you're interested in seeing where, you know, the future of games can be 
and that's something you're interested in, you know, a free-to-play game called Fortnite is in Unreal Engine 5. It's the first game in Unreal Engine 5, and you can check it out today. That's huge news, man. I think that's insane that, like, a huge developer like Fortnite, and Fortnite makes so much money off of their microtransactions, too. It made, like, a huge step to venture off into that, and they were the first. Well, I guess it's worth noting I guess that Epic, the company that owns Fortnite, they also own Unreal Engine 5. So the company of Epic that owns Fortnite, they make the majority of their money from licensing out Unreal Engine 5, which is kind of why I was thinking like, oh, this is kind of like a tech demo for their new engine. I mean, it's exciting to see what it can do, but they... So yeah, so that parent company, Epic. I have a question. Mm-hmm. Was Unreal Engine 5 the engine behind that Matrix experience, remember? Yes. Yes, that was the first demo. That was a tech demo, which that was crazy. That was really Actually, fun. that's something great to bring up because we covered that on the show. But we also, you can still get that. I think it's like the Matrix tech demo, which you can go experience now in Unreal Engine 5. And then Fortnite and just kind of see, you know, the similarities and the differences between the two. You know, one is very cartoony and fantasy, and the other one is hyper-realistic. And just to see the contrast of that, it kind of makes me excited for where games are going to be. This makes me really excited, too, because I remember that was a really fun experience to just drive endlessly on the on the freeway in that experience. And also just... Thinking about Fortnite and how much fun I've had in Unreal Engine 4 Fortnite, I'm curious to see how the Unreal Engine 5 Fortnite plays out. Now, can you still play both versions, or is it just like a seamless game? No, no, yeah. It's, so, yeah, I mean, that's kind of, we've talked about it before, you know, I mean, Fortnite is a live service game, and there's no, I mean, it changes every, you know, week or month. There's new updates and new season, and the previous model, you know, Brandon and I, we had a ton of fun playing it and that version of Fortnite doesn't exist anymore. I mean, it's not even in the same engine. None of the guns are the same. I mean, it's completely different. It's a new world. I mean, that's kind of sad in a way, but it's kind of cool that they, you know, they continue to push that and change it, but the new is not always better. And, but yeah, hey man, if you want to download that, you know, we could run some of that tonight. We could even stream it. New year, new possibilities, bud. <laughs> new year, new games. <laughs> uh, oh, man. Do you have anything else? On Fortnite? I don't think so. On a real Engine 5, I'm sure we could keep going. It's so fascinating. I have so many questions. Yeah, yeah ask away, man. I think we should just, for the sake of the episode, we should just move on to the some of the other titles that you have. Okay. Now, this is one that we had talked about maybe covering on the show, and I took the plunge and I got it. You've probably heard of it. It's called Switch Sports. Whoa, (laughs) what? You finally got it? That's insane. The follow-up to Wii Sports. Yeah. It's really cool, man. And I have some complicated feelings about it, but I'm going to try and keep this one a bit brief. And I just think it's a little bit interesting. I kind of wanted to bring it up in tandem with Fortnite. Because it surprisingly reminds me of Fortnite, which is interesting. So Switch Sports, you know, it's the predecessor to Wii Sports. You can do bowling, tennis, you can do soccer, Jambara. And as of October, you can do golf, which is when I picked it up. And actually, it was November. It was November. And I've been having a ton of fun with it. 
But something that's kind of crazy about it, Brandon, is I have not played any of it in single player, like offline. You're really pushed to do online play. And you get put into these lobbies of 8 to 20-something people, depending on your sport. And you compete against real people online. And let me tell you, man, if I had any ambition of being a professional video game bowler, it's out the window, man. People absolutely (laughs) crush me at Switch Sports Bowling. I am just blown away. So what happens in bowling is you get put in a lobby of like 18 people. And then after three frames, they kick the bottom half out. And I rarely make it that far. Because, I mean, you'll see strike, 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 strike for like eight people. And then everyone's like a nine or an eight or like a seven. And there's no hope for you if you don't get a strike off the first one. So (laughs) it's really competitive. So there's two ways you can do online matchmaking. You can do skill-based, which is like you're ranked, like, Once you play enough, you get a rank, and then you can play against people that are like a similar skill level, which is cool. Honestly, I still get my ass kicked in bowling, so (laughs) I don't know how accurate it is. But I think it works for like golf, for example. I've been having a ton of fun with that one, and that's really fun to play the golf. The golf totally holds up, which is what I was most excited about. So, I mean, it's incredibly fun. And the similarities to Fortnite is after you play these online matches, you get these coins. And then you can spend these coins on outfit customization, which is pretty cool. There's some, honestly, there's some pretty sick ones. The problem that I have with it is that they expire. And you have to pay for this game. This is not a free-to-play game. It's $30, you know. There's always people online, but, like, it's an online game. I mean, there is this like an offline mode to it, but the majority of this experience is playing online. So I just think it's kind of like a missed opportunity, you know, for them not to make this free to play and for it to be, you know, $30. And then there's things that expire, you know, and you get like the FOMO aspect of it. And I just think it's, I don't know. I think it's kind of weird. Like, I think that aspect of it's kind of a miss and I don't know. What are your thoughts on that? Like, did you even know that that was part of this game? I mean, I, for one, haven't tried much of the multiplayer on Nintendo Switch Sports. I've just been playing. Wait, you have Switch Sports? People. Yeah, I do. What? Yeah, I do. We should play, we should play <laughs> I didn't know that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we should play. I've been doing a lot of tennis. I like the volleyball, too. The bowling is, yeah, the bowling is rough, man. I like a lot. The bowling is just like. I get a lot of gutters. Yeah. The bowling stuff, man. That's just because there's no hope. I don't play it much, but I'm gonna try to get better at the bowling, man. There's no excuse. We should try and play some bowling. Can we play multiplayer? Yeah, we yeah we can. Like we can play people? multiplayer online. Yeah. So we should we should really hop into that. That would be a lot of fun. Actually, I would be really interested to see how that holds up. But how did you feel about like those? Like, have you got any of those outfit sets? No, okay. Damn. I'm not in any of those outfits. I've gotten a couple. And I, I should mention, I don't like the tennis. Yeah. Because it's a bit glitchy. Okay. With the uh, the remote. Mm. Like, I notice, like, sometimes, like, the way that the paddle kind of, like, yeah. turns. Have you played the badminton? 
I've honestly had more fun playing the badminton than the tennis. The badminton, yes. I have I have played the badminton. It's also, that one was really fun, too. Yeah, that one was really fun. Yeah. In real life, badminton is, like, also incredibly fun. I don't, yeah, I've played it a couple times. But, I mean, it's kind of one of those things where it's, like, it's, it's like, really fast and then it's really, like, it, but it's, like, kind of, you have to, like, really hit it and then it's kind of slow. So, oh, yeah. man. There's, like, a bit of a finesse to it. Yeah. Like, Damn, I actually really want to play some badminton right now. <laughs> I like it a lot. Me too. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I guess it's kind of interesting. I guess you can engage with it in different ways, but I don't know. I kind of feel like it wasn't really worth the $30, and I wish it was free to play. I don't know. That's just me being disappointed a little bit in another Nintendo game. I mean, do you think I'm being too harsh on it? I think you might be. I think it's more of like a, a you know, just like, family title for people to just like, yeah i'm out here trying to get sweaty on the golf bro <laughs> but i do think there is a potential for nintendo switch like competitive like switch sports competitive yeah right like they could definitely people would definitely go you know they would go coup some like competitive golf or some competitive like bowling or tennis or badminton on the game yeah I could definitely see people getting behind that, man. I mean, even I would probably throw a couple bucks. Yeah. Throw a couple bucks behind my badminton ability. I'd be really interested to see, man, because I, I know they have, like, the ranks. Like, I'm an E rank for everything. Do you know what your online rank is for, for badminton? Honestly, I haven't really, like, interacted with the online aspect of that game. Much. You should interact with it a bit more. Let me know your thoughts. Because I've been having, that's pretty much all I've done with it. I'll try and do some more of the single player. But, oh, man, I don't know. I just kind of left. I mean, I know it was only $30. I just kind of left it wanting a bit more. But it is what it is. I do like the fact that it was only $30. Like, it Because had they charged, like, more than that for what we're getting, it would have felt. Yeah, I agree. I certainly would have been disgruntled if it was more than 30 And I, I don't know. I still think I'm a little disgruntled. Because there are some great indie games that you can get for around the same price. I mean, you can't really... You know, nickel and dime games like that, but it's just something that's, that's that I don't know that I personally felt. I felt like it's one of those titles that they know people are going to buy just off of the name, right? Like it's just one of those titles. Yeah. It's just like, oh, I played Wii Sports. This one has to be good because that, that was me. Mm-hmm. Like I was just like, this has to be good because I really had a great experience with Wii Sports. And not saying that this experience wasn't good, but just saying that. Yeah, maybe my expectation was a bit high coming into it. Yeah. Given that I had such a good time with the first one. Yeah. And also, you know, being on this new next gen, so to say, I think I'm I'm learning that there really is no such thing as next gen. Yeah. Yeah. Does it feel like an iter like do you feel like it iterated on anything, you know, from Wii Sports? When you say iterated, you mean like it improved, yeah, yeah. right? Do you like, feel like it's an improved It version? definitely did. There's some quality of life improvements. There are some graphics improvements. Yeah. Right? I definitely thought the game looked a little cleaner. And some, yeah, I agree. And the, some new game modes. I'm sure the online interface is a lot like smoother now that we're all... Mm-hmm. I do actually, I, I do have to give them credit. The online interface is, it's very simple and straightforward and I... You know, I find a match pretty quickly, so. Shouts out to Switch Sports. Yeah. I did really like the, I guess, like, the world that you're in. It feels almost kind of like solar punk is kind of the aesthetic, I would say. 
like it's there's like a bunch of palm trees but it's kind of like futuristic there's like a lot of glass like it's pretty cool i actually did enjoy just being in this wii sports realm <laughs> solar punk have you heard of the solar punk like the solar punk aesthetic or art style I haven't, but it sounds really, really You should awesome. look it up. So it's kind of like cyberpunk, but instead of being neon, there's a lot of plants. And like, you know, plants being woven into architecture. So yeah, if you search solar punk, you know, you can pull up some images of what that kind of looks like. It's, I don't know, for me personally, that's kind of the future that I imagine and wish the future to be, you know, a lot of green and us living in harmony with our tech and nature, but... I'd love to see a solar punk game. I don't know if there is any solar punk games. Let's see, solar punk games. It seems like there's already been some real life applications of solar punk in, uh, in Shanghai, I believe. Yeah, some of the architecture there in Shanghai is very solar punk. Okay, it does look like there's a couple solar punk esque games. Eh, kind of. It's really fascinating. Yeah. Thank you for telling me about that i'm curious what uh not that ai art is the best thing but i'm curious what ai can come up with if you just gave it like solar punk yeah that'd be interesting i mean i'm kind of just excited to see what more people do when i think it's a, an emerging aesthetic so i'm excited to see what other people do with that i feel like it's one of those things that's like people are going to be like 100, 200 years from now, people are going to be like, what's something that people were into back in the day? I'm like, <laughs> just going to bring it and they're going to be like, wow, this is really interesting that people were so into this back in 2020. Maybe 2023 is the year of solar punk, man. Let's make it happen then. Yeah. We, can, we can bring it about somehow. Yeah. We can have a solar punk design for our, uh, our podcast. You know... Our podcast logo is not not solar punk. You know what I mean? <laughs> I give you that. It, it is true. kind of like a retro futuristic handheld, you know, it's got like a, a yeah. picturesque scene on it on the screen. So hey, maybe that's the official aesthetic of the Sticky Buttons podcast, solar punk. I think we're onto something New branded New, New Year, Year possibilities. New possibilities. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Well, I think I think we maybe could talk about another game or two, and then we should wrap it up. But, dude, have you have you played any Marvel Snap recently? I, mean, I know you've been playing dude, a lot. Man. You really love Marvel. I've been Snap. playing a lot, man. I actually, I so I've got a confession to make. I'm thirty dollars in on Marvel Snap. Sheesh, I've spent. They got, they got you, me. <laughs> I'm gonna be honest. I enjoyed every second of it. I think it was totally worth it. Which, hey man. So I think that I'm realizing now that I'm really liking these card games. And there's a, as it turns out, there's a ton of card video games out there or video games that are built on card mechanics. So I think that that's something that I'm going to check out in 2023. But I did kind of just want to give a little Marvel Snap update as we head into 2023 because I spoke very highly about it, you know, in November. But. They kind of changed up the monetization a little bit. They didn't, I mean, they, they didn't change up how the game is monetized, but they added some new features that just make me feel a little, I don't know, it makes me not feel as good about it. So before there was, you could buy this currency and really the only thing it did was you could just upgrade your cards. And when you upgrade cards, that's a way to get new cards. 
So, but it's random. So if you were going to try and get cards by spending or to get new cards by spending money, you would have to put a lot in. And it like pretty much anybody with half a brain would be like, this is not worth it. It's not sustainable. It would not get you anything. And it, it just wouldn't be worth it. However, they have since added these packs that, you know, are now there. And these packs are, I think one of them is like $300. So you could just Sheesh. spend $300 and buy this pack. And I have never thought about it. I do not think it's worth it. But man, that is something that was not there at the launch and is there now. And I just think that's a little gross. So, hey, Marvel Snap still has a, a stamp of approval from Blake, but just be wary. And so I guess what I have spent money on is they have, it's a three-week season. So it's a, basically a month. It's a month-long season. And the first one was uh, Miles Morales. The second one was Black Panther. And the third one was a cosmic-themed season. And now we're on a fourth season, which is... I guess I don't remember quite exactly what it is. I guess I'll pull it up. But basically, the first two seasons, I spent $10 after I knew I had already unlocked everything. And I was like, hey, you know, I, I unlocked it. I've really been enjoying this. Like, I'm going to spend this money. And it's $10, you know, for a three-week season. And I got them after I had unlocked it. For this past one, this cosmic-powered one, I decided to buy it before I had unlocked everything. And I did get everything. But there was one item that... So there's a couple different, like, schemes that they have where, like, you can get stuff and you can get, like, in-game currency and new variants which is basically just like a the same card but it's got a different cover art to it or you could get a title or something like that and that is you can get those from the season pass or you could get them from your rank which is like your competitive rank so like how you do like if you win you know you get a higher competitive rank and so the competitive ranks like so if you get you know these in-game items from winning the game which you actually have to beat like other real people in order to get these. Those are free. You don't have to pay for those. But the season pass, you know, those are a little bit easier to get the rewards and those you do have to pay for. So this past season, there was a free item that I really wanted and I I could not get it because I have basically up until this past season, I've been absolutely crushing it, Brandon. Like I don't want to toot my own horn but I have been absolutely like outplaying people. Like I've just been wrecking them and I've been having so much fun doing it. Like, it's just so fun. This game is so, like, it just makes you feel so clever, but I just couldn't make it happen. My deck started just not to work for me. And then I kind of realized at a certain point the game had changed. I was playing a different game and I needed to change my deck and I changed my deck up after some soul searching because I was just getting so frustrated. I really wanted this free item. And I eventually, I was like, hey man, like I got it, but I got it within six hours of not being able to get it. And I just felt like, I was like, at that point, I was like, man, I feel like I played this more than I wanted to, but I got this in-game item. And I'm like, man, you know, I think I'm just going to take a step back, play it a little bit more casually. And I have not really felt the draw to go back to it as much, but I'm still having so much fun with it. So Marvel Snap, dude. It's a great, great card game, and it's really fun. So I would still check it out, but just know, you know, there's some caveats to it. 
So be careful with your wallet. Be careful with your time. But Marvel Snap is still fun. Make sure the Marvel Snap breakdown <laughs> and the heads up on the microtransactions because you know me, man. I like fall into that trap. Yeah. yeah, dude. I really thought about busting out the Excel sheets. And I was like, I don't really want to do that. And, <laughs> like, I could look up like a meta deck or like be like, oh, like what are other people using right now? And I could look that up, but that's where I'm drawing the line in the sand. Like, I'm only, I'm not going to look that up. Like, I'm going to try and make my own decks. And that's fun for me. And that's where I get the most fun. So, that's what's up. But if you ever, if you ever get to make that spreadsheet, you definitely got to let me know what the meta deck is, man. Save me that time, dude, because I'll just make that happen and start catching w's marvel snap left or right well it's actually you know it's really cool so if you started playing marvel snap right now you and me would play a totally different game because the matchmaking is based on the cards that you've unlocked which i actually think is really makes sense yeah it's actually it's really cleverly put together so like what it was is i unlocked a really rare card and basically now my whole deck is built around this rare card and I did not realize that that was such a rare card because I was like, oh, like, oh, that card looks okay. Like, doesn't really fit my play style. But what happened was is now I'm in a pool of people that have a card of that caliber or a card of that level. And they're kind of on like skews. I think they're called like maybe level five. I think it's like a called a level five card. I think there's like five or six level five cards. And if you get one of those, like it's just, it can really be a game changer. So basically what I'm trying to say is if you were playing right now, you would have like the base cards and you would, you and me would never get matched up because I have the pool of cards that I have that I could create a deck from is just drastically different. So you would, I mean, although you could beat me, you probably would not. So it matches you up against people that have the same amount of cards unlocked. I see. That's from, I'm dude, you should check like it out, man, dude. Factor, like that's really like, genius and makes the game like they didn't really overthink that it's just like well if you have the card you, you can match up with this other person that has a card it's very simple to make matchmaking and that kind of structure and i feel like a lot of other multiplayer games kind of get caught up sometimes with the matchmaking especially when you have like a lot of people yeah so, so it's interesting to see how they just kind of simplified that with just you know just a card if you have the card yeah it's cool Hey man, you should get Marvel Snap, dude. <laughs> I do have it. I'm, I'm play- I mean, I haven't been playing though, but I have it. Uh, it on my my phone. It's just a reminder to run some more matches. Dude, you should, man. You you'll get you'll get sucked in. I don't know. I don't want to be dramatic here, but so I guess this game does not meet the criteria for our game of the year in 2022 because it came out after November. But it's on the table. I guess it's my number one game of 2023 so far, man. <laughs> They've been doing their work on the on Marvel Snap. I'd be curious to like it's hear fun a bit about it? like the process of like one, you know, coming up with a, an idea like that, right, and executing, and then two, maintaining that like community. Like, I'm curious how that also plays about. It's really interesting. Yeah, because that opens the being on the app store opens the you have so many more users that can access your your game. Yeah, I mean it is free to play too. Not too. So now that's so many more users, dude. How many? If you had to guess, how many people would you say? Just a number off the top. I think it made over a billion dollars in three weeks. So 
if that's any indication. Here, let's let me fact check Ted, that one. That's insane. Okay, that was wrong. It, it was not that. Okay, Marvel Snap made two million dollars in the first week, and it does specify that that is revenue. So, as of October twenty seventh, twenty twenty two. Marvel Snap had been downloaded by 5.3 million, or had been downloaded 5.3 million times. So let's, I don't know if I can find a more current update, but I mean, you have 5 million people playing your game. That's pretty good. Okay, as of six days ago, which would have been January 9th, 2023, Marvel Snap has had over 14 million downloads globally. So. Oh, it also says, and has grossed over $30 million. So, hey, man, if you... <laughs> but Marvel again... Snap, man. They're, they're making a killing game. Well, again, I, I would like to iterate. The, the monetization is pretty good, but you could theoretically spend $10,000 on this game. You, you know what I mean? Like, there is no cap to how much one person could no, spend. I know, and, and when you think about the fact that they're making $300 packs, we'll tell you that they're reevaluating their pricing models, which means that people are buying yeah. at a rate that they just didn't expect. Right? Absolutely. They didn't expect that demand. And it did not start this way, so, I mean, this is pure speculation, Brandon, but my me, Blake, my pure speculation is that they saw how many people had downloaded it, and there was an executive that said, hey, what if you added a $300 button? <laughs> so, I don't know. I mean, hey, that's pure speculation, but... That sounds about right, though. It's not outside the realm like, of possibility. It's not outside of the realm of possibility. So just add a $300 button. Like, yeah, I fuck it. Why not? $300 <laughs> button. That sounds doable. Yeah, we could do that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's actually, you were kind of talking about the development of it. I'd be really interested to talk more about this, maybe do some more research. But I do know that it was originally designed without an IP. And the creators of it created it and then went around and tried to find an IP that would would suit it well. And wow. it looks like Disney won that. So, And I guess some more flavor to it if if you follow the card video games. There's this game called Hearthstone. Have you heard of that one? I have heard of Hearthstone. So, Very popular. Yeah, that is a Blizzard-owned card game. And I guess some of the original creators of Hearthstone left Hearthstone to make this project. And I think one of the quotes was something along the lines of, you know, we were kind of upset about the monetization of Hearthstone, so we wanted to do something better. And I think that that is evident in the design of this so, and I think that it is evident in the design of this because when they added the $300, it was kind of like, what do you even get for this? And I think that although that there is a $300 button, I think that the people that designed it, you know, were a little bit more conscious of, hey, this might, you know, be in the hands of XYZ. Let's try and make this a more sustainable game. So, Although it has those pitfalls, I do think it's worth checking out. Dude, I we're having this conversation right now, and I'm having like a. I just remembered when I was in like third, fourth grade, and I 
was obsessed. I was obsessed with Pokemon and Yu-Gi-Oh cards, but I really wanted to make my own cards for mm-hmm. some reason. I just like had grabbed little index cards. Did you ever get that urge as a kid to make your own cards? I never got my, you know, I never got the urge to make my own cards, but I did. I would like make my own card games with like a deck of cards. I see what you're saying. You would come up with like a whole game out of like the regular old like yeah. the 52 kind of playing cards. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, it's kind of funny. I've always played card games. Like, my family, like, on both sides of my family, you know, my dad's side, we play Double Pinochle. And on my mom's side, we play Euchre. And, you know, I recently took a ski trip with Aaron's family. And we played, like, Crazy Eights and Rummy and, like, all these other card games. And I just think it's really interesting, though, like, you know, these pieces of paper, like card games, you know, they've transcended in a way. I mean, like, they're the basis of what good games are, just like outside of, you know, the realm of technology. And like, they're just fun ass games. And, you know, seeing them in video games, it kind of opens up the world of possibility on that. And I guess it's a whole genre that I wasn't really exposed to that, that now that I'm kind of in the zeitgeist on Marvel Snap, I'm really interested in checking out other games that have card elements to them yeah me too i'm definitely more curious about it now that especially now that you are bringing on marvel snap and just like i'm getting the urge to still create again like that same urge that i had as a kid Dude, to like maybe, that's awesome man. maybe now not use index cards maybe now i could use python and like design something or actually design like a Dude. proper game that'd be that'd be cool that'd as be hell really man cool. Not gonna lie. Hey, new year, you, new, new possibilities. possibilities. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Hey man, dude, do you remember what your uh, what your original like on index cards like what you made was it like was it like a different version of Pokemon like were they pocket monsters were they more like I mean you said you're also into Yu Gi Oh they were a lot like Yu Gi Oh they were a lot like okay. Yu Gi Oh it's kind of like a hybrid so, yeah mm-hmm. like, that's really what like art creation is right you just take like whatever we have and we kind of just like regurgitate and uh, so Yu-Gi-Oh mm-hmm. is a mixture of like Yu-Gi-Oh and Pokemon yeah I made like really sophisticated decks like I'd really go into the and I guess that's probably why my handwriting is so good because I'm like really good into like making these cards look really nice and presentable and like yeah I just really got into that but now I can like make I can make the cards and they can, they're not going to be like, I can save them somewhere. Right. Um, yeah. Oh man. I, the, dude. The hey, maybe this is endless. the year of card games. Possibilities are endless. Dude. I, gotta, I gotta write. Yeah. I just gotta write. I have so many ideas. Hell yeah, man. Well, I guess that's a great place to end this episode up, man. We'll let Brandon <laughs> carry on this wave of creativity and I guess we'll end this up. Yeah. This is going to be but, a great, a really great episode to start off the new year with. So Thank you, Blake, for joining me on this on this journey. New year, new games. Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely, man. I'm so happy to be here. Uh, <laughs> new year, new games. And I just kind of want to say before we end up this episode, you know, obviously, thank you for being here as well, Brandon. But we took two weeks off, and we just wanted to say thank you for that. I, mean, I feel incredibly rejuvenated. I went on like a skiing trip. You know, took some downtime. I don't know about you, Brandon, but I I just wanted to say thank you to our listeners for supporting us and taking two weeks off, taking a vacation at the beginning of the year. So that was much needed for me. Yeah, same here. Shout outs to you guys. I got to hit the slopes too. I got to relax, sleep, 
play some football. I joined a football league. Nice. Is this the football football or soccer football? This is American football, rough, like two-hand touch. Because something I also did from really young was playing two-hand touch football. Playing football like a handball. But anyways, <laughs> wrapping up this episode, the, the possibilities are endless. Thank you guys so much. For Dude, hey, us. maybe this is the year of Madden, man. You <laughs> never know. <laughs> to thank you for giving us that break. It was very much needed. And we love you guys. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Appreciate it. We love you. You'll hear more from us soon. And, you know, I mean, this is going to be a great year. I mean, we do have some things in the works that we don't want to don't want to say, but foreshadowing is going to be a great year. So 2023, very excited for it. And I'm super stoked. All right. New year, new games. Let's go. New year, new games.